couple of weeks, we're going to start um, a series on Galatians. Next week, Dean's going to maybe do a little bit of a follow-up to what I'm talking about today, and then the week after that, he's going to start Galatians. And the message today, or the theme today, I think is a good, a good foundation for what we're going to talk about during the, the fall. And the, the uh, text is uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15, it's verses 1 to 11. Now, in this text, uh, Paul talks about the basics of the gospel in a very plain and simple way. And this, I think this was important to the church at Corinth, right? Because, you know, they, they, they came into existence by the, because of the gospel, and they continued to exist because of the gospel. And the problem was, as Corinth is out there, you know, it was new. The gospel was new to them, and there was a lot of traffic between, between Rome and down through Corinth and on over to Athens. Maybe there was a lot of traffic. So people might show up with a gospel that's slightly different, all right? They distort it just a little bit, or they corrupt it. And so Paul wants to make sure they know it, all right? And in the same way, it's important to us. I'm convinced that if Paul came and we said, hey, we're going to have a conference, you know, a little theology conference, a Bible study conference, the very first message he would talk to um, Creekside Bible Church is about the gospel. He might just take this same passage and teach it. He'd do a better job than I would, okay? But I think that's probably what he would do because it's extremely important to us that we know the gospel, all right? And that we keep it plain and that we keep it simple. So just for a minute, I'd like to look at our um, Creekside's mission statement, okay? Creekside exists to know and to spread the grace and truth of Jesus Christ to the glory of God. That's why we're here so that we would know and spread the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. And the words grace and truth, I think they, they are foundational. They wrap up. It's another way to say the gospel in all of its fullness, okay? Because, you know, the gospel without grace is not really the gospel. And the gospel without truth is not really the gospel, but grace and truth, when we see that, we can think it's to know the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay, and to spread it, to tell others about it. Here in Montgomery County, greater Houston area, Texas, United States, and across the, the oceans, right, over into Kenya or to Mali or wherever it might be. That's why we exist so it's important that we understand it. And not only that we understand it in our heads, that we understand it in our hearts, okay? That it starts here and it works its way down into our heart. So today is about keeping the gospel plain and simple, that we understand it, right? and that we understand it to the extent that we can explain it in a plain and simple way. So let me read. I'm going to read the passage, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11, and then we'll talk about it uh, for a little bit, okay? 
Let me read. So Colleen, you can, the next, there we go. I got to put my, it's hard. I got to put my glasses on to see that and I got to take them off to read. <laughs> oh, now, brethren, I'd like to remind you of the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which you are saved if you hold fast to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance that what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Peter and by the twelve, and after that he was seen by over 500 brothers and sisters in Christ at one time, of whom the greater part remained a present, but some have fallen asleep, have passed away. And after that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, and then at last of all, he was seen by me as one born out of due time. And then Paul says, for I'm the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, the other apostles, so we preach and so you believe. So, first question is, what's the gospel, right? And when we, the gospel is, the word gospel means good news, right? We all know that. And it's good news of a major event that is to our benefit, that brings us joy or gladness, all right? Imagine if you're a Ukrainian and you're in the Ukraine, and all of a sudden somebody comes and says, hey, we made peace with Russia, right? The war's over. It's over right now, and Russia's going to completely do reparations for our country. They're going to come in, and we're gonna, they're going to have agreed to completely rebuild our country. You would say, wow, that is good news, right? The gospel of the treaty with Russia, right? And we hope that it happens. We do, all right? And so that's in their time, in Paul's time, you know, they would send some soldiers off, they would conquer something, they would come back and with their hero and they would celebrate. They'd bring the gospel of good news. We won that war. Good news, this happened. So the gospel is good news. And Paul's gospel is that it, the good news that Jesus has conquered death and that all we have to do to experience life is to believe in him, right? We're not going to die anymore, all right? And it's there. It's available. Death no longer has a hold on us because Christ died. And if we, all we have to do is believe, 
That's good news. So that's his good news. And he says, you know, can, uh, can you go to the next one, Colleen? He says, I'd like to remind you. That word's not strong enough. Remind. It's to make clear, to make known. I want you to understand this. I want to make it clear to you. And look at it. It's the gospel that I preached. It's the gospel in which you received. It's which you stand, by which you are saved or being saved. It's in the passive uh, tense. You're being saved. All right. He says, and then if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you uh, believed in vain. You know, the problem in the church in Corinth is some people had come by maybe, or some people thought they were smart, and they started saying this resurrection stuff is a bunch of bull. Right? It doesn't exist. And Paul's like, hey, if you're believing in a gospel that's not the gospel, then your faith is in vain. It doesn't work for you. All right? If you say, hey, we're going to treaty with Russia, it's over. And you don't believe, and you think, well, the treaty allows me to go out and continue to shoot people. Right? Well, then you've messed everything up. You're not, your faith is in vain. Okay? And so Paul's saying you need to believe the gospel. Right? And, in, and don't leave anything out of it. Don't add anything into it. Don't make it complicated. Because if you leave something out or if you decide it's different, then the faith that you have is in vain. Okay? Um, you know, and Paul says, um, you know, it's what I received. You, it's, it's, this isn't something that I made up. It's not something that's different than what the apostles have, all right? It's not, and it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed in the five years or so since I've been here. You know, it has, nobody's added to it. Nobody's taken away from it. It's the gospel that I received that I preached to you. It's the gospel we've always had. And just in case somebody comes and says, listen, Paul doesn't really know what he's talking about, okay? Don't listen to Paul. He's got it about halfway right. You know, he says down at the bottom, whether it was I or they, so we preached, there's only one gospel, okay? Paul and the apostles, they had, they preached the same gospel. And Paul wanted them to stand in it, to hold on to that gospel, all right? You got it? So far, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, okay? You, don't, you know, that's, so what is it? That's the next question. Um, there's three elements to the guy. Actually, there's four elements. I like to call it the three plus one, all right? And Paul goes on to um, describe it. The first is Christ. The second is that he died for our sins. The third is that he was raised again on the third day. That's the good news. Christ died, he was raised. It doesn't get much simpler than that, right?
the Son of God, who's the King. I think we sang one of the songs today that Christ Jesus is our King, right? This identifies who the gospel is about. It's about the King, the Son of God that we've learned about, that we know about from the Scripture, right? We go back to the Exodus. We go all through the history of, of Israel, and this Lord, this God that they have, have been guiding them, and the King, the Son of God, that's who the gospel is about. And think about this. The King, he's the ruler of everybody. He's not only the ruler of Jews, he's the ruler of everybody. He is in a, in a singularly unique position to make a treaty with God. Okay? He's got all these people behind him, right? All of humanity behind him, and he, the ones that choose to be with him, and he can go up in front of God and say, I paid the price, I gave my life, right? Now let's have peace with each other. Now I'm, that's a little sacrilegious, but that's the way it is. The king is uniquely, no, singularly unique position to make a treaty with God or to give his life to gain harmony or peace with God. It's important, the Christ. And I think that's why Paul uses the word Christ here. But who is this Christ? Christ is Jesus, the, the apostles. If you look at Acts, all right, they came and they talked about the Christ, but they demonstrated through the scripture that Jesus was the Christ. Lots of places. If you just you know, just look, I'll read one, Acts 17. This, Paul was in um, Thessaloniki. Thessaloniki's not, I mean, it's a long way from uh, Corinth, but it's on the same trip, right? And it, Paul, as was his custom, he went into them and for three Sundays, re, Sabbaths, reasoned with them from the Scripture, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ, one, had to suffer and was raised again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And it's over and over and over that this Jesus is the Christ. And we know the Christ, the Son of God, is the one that died for our sins. And this Jesus, he's the Christ. Um, so if we talk to people about the gospel, you, we know what this means. We can say Jesus died for our sins. That's okay because we know that Jesus is the Christ. If you want to get into it a little bit more, we talk about the Christ and his position, who he was, the Son of God, and why he could die for our sins. But the gospel has to do about Jesus, the Christ. Okay? Number one. The second one is he died for our sins according to the scriptures. The Bible teaches us, right, that everyone has sinned, all of us, and our sins have separated us from God. We've got a sin problem, all right? Now, P 
people today, if we're to go out and start talking to people here in Montgomery County, they're not going to like the fact, I'm not a sinner, are you kidding? I'm a good person. What are you talking about sin? But we all know intuitively, we do, that we've got things in our life that aren't right. As much as we try to say that we're good, we know that we're not good enough. And Christ died for our sins. He paid the penalty for our sins. Now, we know that. Isaiah 53, and Paul says according to the scripture, right? Isaiah 53, we're not going to read it today, but it is so clear about God taking our iniquity and laying it upon the Christ, his servant, and him dying for our sin, right? So the second one is Christ died for our sin. We've got a sin problem, right? There's nothing we can do about it. The wages of sin are death, but Jesus died in our place, for our sins in our place, right? For our sins, right? The third point would be, and he was raised again the third day according to the scripture, all right? Uh, You know, the resurrection is a declaration that Jesus' sacrifice for our sin was accepted by God, all right? That's, That's Paul's theology. That's what we're taught, okay? That we know because we were justified, because God accepted the sacrifice, Christ We know that because of the resurrection. You know, and the resurrection, it's not just that, you know, Paul says if there's no resurrection, you know, we, our our hope, there's no hope. If there's no hope, why, what is there? What good is it? If I'm going to live out this life and just die, you know, my faith's in vain. We might as well eat, drink, and be merry and enjoy this life as much as we can. But the resurrection is a symbol of renewal, all right, that we can begin to experience life as it was meant to be experienced. That there is, okay, a, a life, eternal life. We all, in Isaiah, it says, Death is the shadow that's over all mankind. It's the veil over all the nations. We're all worried about it. Even I, I don't believe we die. I don't, but I don't particularly want to go through the transition, right? Uh, we worry about it. Everybody worries about it. But to live life not worrying about it, to know that I have eternal life, and to know that I can experience unending, you know, love, unconditional love, that I can experience that. God's not going to put me in the ground and forget about me, right? And that evil, I can live in a place ultimately where there's no evil, where evil is dealt with. And I can communicate with spiritual beings. You know, we're all worried about UFOs right now, right? 
I'm not, but everybody's worried about UFOs like that. It's a big deal. And all these presidential guys, they better address the UFO problem. You want to know about UFOs? Trust Jesus. All right? It'll all be explained to you. In fact, you'll get to talk to some of these people. All right? Later on. All right? So Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. All right? And he was buried. We know he died. All right, because they buried him, they wrapped him up, they put him in the tomb, they, he died. And we, he was raised again the third day according to the scriptures. And we know that, why? You know, he was seen by Peter, he was seen by the 12, he was seen by 500 at one time, he was seen by James, then he was seen by the apostles again, and he was seen by me. If you don't believe me, go back to Athens, go somewhere and talk to them, because most of them are still alive. They saw him. He wrote this only like 25 years after the death of Jesus. You know, this is like, for Paul, the... Christ, the, the death and resurrection of Christ, is about like for us with 9-11, right? 23 years ago, isn't that right? 20, when did it happen? 20 or 21? 9-11, of when? Help me, I can't remember. 20, in 2001? 22 years ago, sorry guys. Dan, erase that real quick on the video. Okay, 22 years ago for us. I mean, think about that. We all remember what happened. You remember what you were doing that day? Yeah, I bet you do, except for some of you younger guys. But for Paul, he knew, he, these guys were there. They saw it. They knew. Go talk to them. So Christ, Jesus, he died for our sins he was raised again the third day. And what do we do? We believe. And Paul talks about this. He says the word, you know, the gospel that you believe, unless you believed it in vain, you're believing. And down at the bottom, hey, so we preach and so you believe. He says nothing here about works. He says nothing here about anything other than receiving the gospel, believing in the gospel. So what does it mean to believe? You know, we might get a chance to talk to somebody about what does it mean to believe. And I think what he's saying, I don't, I, more than I think, we believe in the gospel. We believe in Jesus. I need a savior. And I may say, yeah, sure, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. I believe he died. I believe he was raised again the third day. Right, but I'm believing in my works to get me to heaven because God only lets good people go to heaven, right? There's people like that. Sure, I believe all that stuff about Jesus, but I'm relying on my works to get me to heaven. It could be that I'm relying upon my, um, upon my religion. I was born a Catholic or I was born Greek Orthodox in Albania. Hey, if you're Greek Orthodox, you're fine. All right, baptized as a baby, you're fine. Really? The, the, or, I'm sorry, I'm, this is on being recorded, right? They are the hard, they're harder than Muslims to bring to Christ because they, re, they believe in the church. They believe in their infant baptism is what they believe in, and I'm Orthodox. It could be that you're believing in yourself. You could be maybe in Africa. You believe in your tribe, okay? Hey, I'm from the 
tribe that God accepts. We have someone that, you know, uh, we have the best spiritual, you know, uh, witch doctor, for lack of a better word. I can't think of a better word, okay? We've got that person, so we're going to be saved. We believe this about Jesus. That's cool. But we're relying on this guy right over here. To believe in Jesus means we are relying upon Jesus for our salvation, not on our works, not on ourselves, not on our family, not on our church, not on our associations, okay? Right. So, you know, and faith is, so faith is more than just what's up here. It's a choice that I make right here to believe, to rely on this person. All right. I don't want to complicate that, but we believe in Jesus for our salvation. Okay, I got to go fast. So I'm going to, Paul says, there's grace. We haven't talked about grace, but this passage is about grace. It's got grace all in it. God became a man, right? The Christ he sacrificed himself for us. We didn't ask for him to do it. We didn't deserve it, but he did it. He gave it all up for us, right? That's grace, right? He died for our sins. He gave it up completely. That's grace, right? And he's raised again the third day. Not only do we get life, here, we get abundant life in the future, right? It's like, hey, you get released from jail. Guess what? We're going to forgive you. You get to get out of jail. And every you know, show we watch, the guy gets out of jail. He walks outside, and you know, there's nobody there. Some car comes by and picks him up. You know, he goes to their apartment, and they start committing crimes again, right? The way it works now is that for us, we get out of jail. We get given a house. We get given food, we get given a, a car, we get given all this stuff. It's not just we're released, we're blessed with eternal life and a cool, a awesome life. All right. Transformation, we're going to go quick. Towards the end, Paul says, look at, Paul said he died for our sins, including Paul's. Paul, verse 9, we need to go to the next slide. I think. Well, maybe we don't. Okay, that one works. Paul says, I persecuted the church of God. He just didn't walk around and say, ah, look at those, look at those fools believing something that's kind of silly, you know. We're not going to let them into our shop at our store because we don't like them, right? We're not going to go eat at their uh, restaurant that they own. They may have done that, but he, pers he, he, men and women, he grabbed them out of their house, he threw them in the jail, and he oversaw their deaths. That's what he was doing, and it says he breathed this. It's like he's like a, you know, a dog that's mad, snorting, right? He aggressively persecuted the church, and not just in Jerusalem. He said, I'm going to go over there to that city and that city. I'm going to be a missionary to persecute these people, right? But God, Jesus died for his sins. We might say, yeah, you're going to die for everybody's sins, but not Paul's. No, he died for our sins, right? And allow Paul, gave him a position as an apostle, 
That's grace, right? And that grace transformed Paul. Look what he says. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And it's and his grace towards me was not in vain. And I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I but the grace of God which was with me. Paul says, grace worked inside of me. I'm an apostle because the grace of God. I'm able to spread the gospel, the grace and truth of Jesus Christ because of grace that's inside of me. He says, I worked hard. But it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. It wasn't me. It was the grace of God in me. And when we talk about, when we go to the Galatians, we're going to talk about grace a lot. Okay, application. You know, my watch isn't quite as fast as that clock. Okay. So, three plus one. The first is? The second is for our sins, and the third is raised again the third day, and then what do we have to do? Believe. Christ, or Jesus is okay, Jesus, we know Jesus is the Christ, and there may be a time we have to explain to somebody that, but Jesus died, he was raised again, we believe. Now, when we send when I'm involved in a short-term team going overseas, we ask everybody to prepare a testimony, all right? Because if you get a chance to drink a coffee with somebody, maybe you can have an opportunity to share with them about what's going on in your life, all right? And I say, in your testimony, you should have those four elements. Jesus died for my sins, he was raised again the third day, and I believed in Jesus, all right? Short, 250 words or less, you know, three or four-minute testimony. No, really. And, you know, I trusted Christ when I was uh, a young child. My family had moved to uh, Panama City, and I was maybe five years old. Our next-door neighbor had some young kids, kind of like uh, David, you and Colleen have. They like to play football. I love football. We played football over in their front yard. And she shared the gospel with me. She told me that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And she told me that, that he was raised again the third day and that I needed to believe in Jesus by asking him in my heart. So I thought about this and pondered and pondered, and it made sense to me. So I went and I asked my mom, Mom, I'd like to, I'd like to believe in Jesus. Can you help me? She said, no, well, you're too young. I said, no, but mom, I want to believe in Jesus. This went on for a week or two weeks or three weeks. And finally, my mom and I knelt down beside our bed, and we both trusted in Jesus at the exact same time, right? That was the problem. She wasn't a believer, right? But we both trusted in Jesus about the same time. It made all the difference in the world, okay? That's my testimony. Christ, Jesus, died for you may not have heard it, but I said it. He died for my sins. He was raised again the third day. Now, there's a significant number of people in this room that are smarter than me, okay? But there's two that are super smart. They're sitting right over here, okay? And we had this conversation on, what day? Tuesday, 
Tuesday, we ate breakfast, and so we talked about this some. And um, they gave me a lot, some wisdom. They did, and they shared their wisdom. They didn't give it to me. I mean, because I don't, I don't know that I caught it, right? But they shared it with me. We need to remember that the person that we're sh- talking to about Jesus is a person. And that person has concerns, they have joys, but they also might have fears, right? They may have something going on in their life that we don't know about. They may be worried about a job. They may be just worried about the heat, right? But they're a person. And that if we get a chance to spread the gospel or we get a chance to talk to somebody at work or in our neighborhood or just at the store, all right, this person we're talking to is a person. And sometimes they'll give us a hint from their life about how one of these four elements might apply to them, right? And so we may only have a chance to talk about one of these things. So maybe I talk to somebody about one, and Raul later talks to somebody about number two, and, and Albert talks to him about number three, right? And David leads them to Christ. It could be that way. So we remember this is a person, and if we get a chance to talk about the gospel, we do. And as much as possible, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the penalty for our sins that have separated us from God that we can do nothing about. And he was raised the third day so that we can be assured of eternal life. And all we have to do to receive it is to believe in Jesus Hey, would you like to believe in Jesus? Right. So as we know and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to understand it. And Paul says, Christ Jesus died, was raised, we believe. Right. And it needs to work down into our hearts so that we become people that just live out the gospel. And when we get a chance, we talk about it. You know, and our job is, maybe y'all will kick me out of the church, I don't know. But, you know, our job's not to sell the gospel. Our job is to tell the gospel. And a lot of times I think we try to, hey, hey, this is a, you know, we try to sell it and whatever to get this person to believe. You know, that's the job of the Holy Spirit, You know, we tell the gospel, the Holy Spirit works in the heart. They convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. You know, that person across from us may argue and argue about, I'm not a sinner, or about, I'm good enough. The Holy Spirit says, bro, you're not good enough. He goes home at night and realizes, you know what? I just had a bad argument with my wife. There's something wrong with me, and it was stupid. It was my fault. Why did I do it, right? I need to apologize to her, but I'm not going to apologize to her. Maybe, you know, he, maybe the Holy Spirit begins to work in the heart to convict them of their need for the gospel, and then they remember, hey, that guy Raul, he talked to me the other day. 
okay? Keeping the gospel clear and simple. Number one, Christ died for our sins, was raised again the third day, all right? We believe. You know, I hate to admit this. Please don't. I hope this doesn't lower your, I don't know, I don't really care what you think about me anyway, but. (laughs) Ann and I have gotten where you like NASCAR, okay? We're from the South, right? So we watch NASCAR during, because we're sports people. And all basket, I don't like baseball. Dean loves baseball. I don't like baseball that much. So we don't watch baseball. We watch NASCAR. (laughs) Not all the time. But we've gotten to the point we may even go to a NASCAR event sometime because it's pretty cool. And NASCAR is a lot like life. People driving around, hurrying, stress, okay, drama. All right, it is. It's a lot like life. It's kind of a metaphor for life. There was a race last night, and these guys driving 190 miles an hour going, you know, side by side around this track. Now, in NASCAR, you've got some spotters that are around the track. And these spotters are watching the driver, right? And they're connected to the driver's earphones. And they're giving the driver instructions, okay? Turn left, turn, I mean, in, out, whatever. I don't know exactly what they say in, out, whatever, they're doing this. Hmm? Go low, go high. That's okay, see, Ann knows this stuff. I don't know this stuff. Go low, go high. <laughs> She's a fan, okay? I'm a fan too. It's not just her. <laughs> Communication is very important. And if they say go low and they meant go high, and the guy goes low, it may cost him his life. It may cause him to wreck and not be able to complete the race. Communication, clear communication, is super important. And I think the same way for us, okay? We got a NASCAR race out there around us. And we are going to have opportunities to tell people about the gospel. So when we do, all right, we need to keep it plain and simple. Jesus died for our sins. He rose again the third day so that we might have life and to experience life, all we have to do is believe in Jesus. Okay? So let me pray for us, and then we'll... Lord God, thank you so much that you loved us enough that you gave us your son, Jesus, to die for us so that we... And you didn't leave him in the grave. You brought him up out of the grave so that we might know that we have life. Thank you for that. And Father, I would ask for us as a church family here for at Creekside that you would take 
the truth of the gospel and work it down into our hearts that that you would help us father to be clear about it but that you would work it in our hearts so that we might become your people who spread the gospel to those around us wherever we might be and lord we ask for help and father we i ask for me and for my friends here that you give us an opportunity this week to talk about jesus to talk about what he did with somebody somewhere just to have a conversation lord and that you would use us uh, so that more people might come to know you in this community. Uh, pray for Dean, Kelly, you'd give them a great day, uh, that they would find joy in their time with uh, Karsten and that you would bring them back safe and that you would uh, just bless us more. We pray for rain. We do, Lord. Um, just together I would ask you that you would send some rain our way not only for us, but for the trees and the grass and the plants around that you've given us, Father. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Morning at Creekside Church in Spring, Texas. We're glad you joined us. For more information, please check out our website at www.mycreeksidechurch.org.